Hey guys, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we interview the amazing Julia Mann. Now, Julia started off online training, developed her own workshops, developed her own really school for teaching lash artists. Now has gone into training them in business and then really stepping up and helping other business owners as well. So we talk all about building community, which is really important. How do you actually engage them? Where she's had several hundred thousand people on Pinterest. She's got 20, 30,000 people in a group on Instagram, on YouTube, the whole shebang. She's just absolutely killing it. And she gives us all her insider secrets. So if you're someone who wants to grow an audience, wants to really engage an audience and want to learn how to do that, then this is the episode for you. Now, before we jump in, if we can ever help you, make sure you head over to www.mogulcall.com if you need help with your marketing and you really want to learn how to accelerate what it is you're doing in your business. But until then, let's jump into the episode. I'll see you in there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julia. We are pumped to have you on uh, the Kim Barrett Show podcast. Thank you for making the time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love your podcast. Ah, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, I always like to ask people, I've obviously already given you a little bit of an introduction to everyone, but I'd love to know if someone comes up to you at a party and it's just like, hey, Julia, what do you do? What's, uh, what's your usual answer? That's an interesting question because my answer is different every single time for some reason. Look, if you asked me five years ago, I would have said I'm a jackass of all trades. And today I like to call myself multi-talented. <laughs> but my main areas, if, if I was to chat to you, if I met you, I would say I have a beauty academy in Brisbane in, uh, in Belimba in Queensland, Australia, and where I see students every week, every month, depending on when I book in the trainings. And I train people in eyelash extensions and in person as well as online. That's how I actually got started. I do a lot of online training courses. And that also brought me into the world of digital marketing where I now teach people social media marketing because it has grown a lot through community growth that I went through myself creating a group for the beauty industry and then started training from there. So I do a bit of business coaching, social media marketing, and also run a beauty academy online and in person. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I'll, touch on, I'll touch on a few things there because there's so much to unpack. Yeah. But with the, uh, with the business coaching, are you mostly specializing in those other beauty um, type industries to be able to help them or what, what, what are you doing there? Yeah, well, that's how it got started out initially, of course. I started where I had my community, which is mainly beauty. But from there on, um, a lot of the salons, they have their hands in all different kinds of scenarios as well. And some people might be in accounting. I had an accounting client once. Then I had someone who is a coach themselves, started in the beauty industry, but then kind of branched out into coaching. But mainly it started all in beauty and now it's starting to slowly branch out into other industries as well. Awesome. I love that. And so was I correct in hearing you started online first and then you went physical? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. So I started my group, which is called Lash Tribe for beauty therapists and lash artists in 2016 in January. Wow, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> it feels like it was still yesterday. And I just started that community uh, in a Facebook group. 
and I provided a lot of value and I went live many, many times to kind of veer people in. And from there on, people started asking me if I could train them in person. And so I, I was kind of creating online courses at the same time as creating a curriculum to actually teach people in person. The online and in-person kind of started similar times, but I started with the online creation-wise. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting because I find a lot of the time people kind of start physical and then go online, but you did it reverse online and then physical. What got you into doing online or what was it that, where, that you saw where you were like, I have to jump into this online space? Yeah, well, it was very new back then. A lot of people kept their secrets very close to their hearts and they wanted a lot of money for trainings and any, any information really. And I felt that was unfair. It was actually a turning point for me in, in late 2015 where someone um, that did my, my own lashes, I asked them what cleanser they used and they said, it's none of your business. I don't want to tell you what I use and where I get things from because she knew I was a lash artist as well. And that kind of kickstart everything that I went online. And then after a few months of, you know, giving information, but also getting a lot of information from the community and building it so quickly, I knew that there was a niche in the market. And a lot of people still weren't able to give information unless you gave them a lot of money. But because I gave so much freely, uh, people really saw that that was something new and I jumped on it. And because this group that I had in Lash Tribe on Facebook was worldwide, I thought, well, I need to do online to reach those people that are yeah. overseas. So that's how, it, yeah, I guess the ball started rolling from there. Yeah, and that's crazy because now that group is, you were just saying, it's like pretty much close to 26,000 people in there, right? Yeah, around that, yeah. That's insane. So what's the, what's the growth of that been like? Was it kind of rapid and then you got 25,000 people and then it slowed down or was it, has it been consistent over time? How did that all work out for you? In the beginning, it was extremely fast where I was literally awake 24-7 for two or three days straight. I was just answering questions because it was very overwhelming. I had never done anything like that before. Um, a few weeks in, I started to look for an assistant who could help me, like an admin person who I then was my first hire. I've never had staff before that. And she helped me then to let people into the group. It wasn't an open group. It was still closed. I wanted to make sure I knew who was getting into the group and it wasn't spammed by idiots like online trolls. And we started collecting email addresses as well at that time. And it grew rapidly the first, I would say two or three months. It just went to maybe 6,000. And then I started to actually advertise for a couple of months. I um, got so many people in that, grew it maybe up to 15,000 in the first year. And then it started to slow down because then a lot of other people caught on the idea going, oh, online forums, <laughs> they work. Let's do that. Okay, the information is now already out there. I was one of the first in the world, but the first in Australia to actually openly share information on how to do certain things. And mm. so other people were in the beginning like, oh, don't do that. That's really bad. And then a year later, people were like, oh, I want to do that too. You know, So it started to slow down a little bit. And now I'm not advertising for it. It's a big group and it's word of mouth. It grows the group now. I don't have to put any money behind it. Yeah. Now, someone's listening to that. They're like, cool, Julia did this a couple of years ago when it went ballistic. Do you think that people could still grow groups to similar sizes that, like now in 2020 as well as you did back in 2015? I absolutely think it's possible, but I think there is a lot more work behind it these days and you probably have to put a bit of money behind it for your marketing to advertise your group. 
um, unless it's very, very niched and there's not many groups available at that, you know, the certain topic or whatever you, you're talking about. Say, for example, you're a personal trainer. There's so many people in that industry. You know, a lot of people are in fitness and wellness, nutrition. That's probably a lot harder than, say, for example, you are selling bikes, like bicycles, and you're like in a group of people who always go out on a Sunday for bicycle riding and, you know, creating tips around that, creating a group would be a lot smaller and that would be a lot easier, I think, to grow because it's so niched and so specialized. But, yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely possible as long as you give a lot of value and you don't try and sell something straight away and people see the value of being in that group and they feel safe and supported and they get something out of it. Yeah, awesome. I love that. And so let's touch on value because I think like a lot of people throw those words out these days, like just give people value, lead with content and whatnot. And I think the big thing for, I know myself previously and probably a lot of people is that you go, where's the line between what I'm giving people as free value and content, especially if you have information-based products because you're going, well, my product is information. That is what I'm selling versus something physical. So if I'm giving people all this education, training, insights, and ideas, where do you draw the line on the information side of things? Because obviously you've got your physical products and a lot of and in-person trainings you do now too. But like, where did you draw the line and go, this is enough value, this is not enough value? Like, how did you figure that out? That is a very great question. I get that question quite a lot from my coaching clients as well. So for me, I had a coach in the very start as well. I didn't do anything without coaching ever. And she always told me, throw value like confetti. It'll always come back to you, right? So no matter how little or how big that is what you share, people will in that moment see you as the expert. And if you're giving an hour presentation on something that they could easily also buy online, they, if they want to know more about other things, they'll come to you rather than someone else because they've already seen you and they know how much value you can give. So I guess drawing a line is very, very difficult because, for example, I have like nine online courses now. No, 11. I just did two other ones <laughs> over the last. I forgot about those. I'm not quite edited yet. But there is like in one of those courses, it's like 30 hours worth of content, mm. of video stuff. I will never be able to give that in one go, but I might take out one full module and I will say, look, there's still obviously pieces to the puzzle missing. If you want to have the thing in its entirety, you might be able to Google it if you like, which might take you a few hours. You might find the content from different people or you can have something that's already done for you. It's there. You know me. You know how I teach and the kind of value I provide not just in the paid content, but the free content as well. And then, you know, it's all about the, I hate this thing, but no like and trust factor, but that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And if you're giving an hour free content, that is actually better than giving 10 minutes because people always think, oh, she's holding back. You know, why would I want to, what is the online content going to be like? But I like to give a lot of value. So I don't really draw a line. I just, whatever feels right in the moment, I yeah. go live about it and, People, I can see my sales going up the next few days after that live. Awesome. I love that. Now, do you balance it and then go like, obviously, Gary Vee's got a great book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, where it's like, you know, there's, there's ratios or do you just kind of, as you said, like you're just chucking out the confetti and see what happens or do you find a balance yourself between offers and, and value that you put into your group? Well, look, I still kind of follow and that's what I teach as well, the 80-20 rule where I give 80% of the time 
value-based content, anything that's entertaining them or teaching them something where they get something out of it. And then 20% is promotional marketing, so value-based versus promotional. But sometimes it depends on the day, if it crosses over or not. If I'm launching a new product, I will put in more of that promotional marketing, but I make sure that it doesn't seem like I'm only doing promotional marketing throughout the two weeks beforehand. I also offer more value at the same time. So you'll see more ads of me running with a lot of stuff that doesn't have a call to action. It's literally just pure teachings. So I will try and always have that overpower instead of the promotional. Yeah. But, you know, 80, 20, 70, 30, you know, is kind of along those lines. Awesome. I love that. And now you've also taken that. And so if everyone knows, Julia is not just a one trick pony. She can't just grow Facebook groups. You've got over 30K on Insta. You've got, was it 20,000 subscribers on YouTube? And this was the one that blew my mind. What was the number that you had for Pinterest? Look at changes. Last year was like 430,000 monthly unique visitors. Then it was like, I think around 315 at the moment, monthly unique visitors on Pinterest. 315,000 people per month looking at what you're doing on Pinterest. Yeah. And that's all value-based marketing. Yeah. Pretty pictures, links going to my website from there. That's ridiculous. I I would love to know just purely from a curiosity standpoint, I'll cover the other two platforms in a sec. But so of that, you got 315,000 people hitting your stuff. How much, and you said that a lot of your traffic does come from there. Mm. What's the volume of traffic that that drives for you to your sites, your offers, your training, et cetera? I don't know the exact number as in how many people are coming, but when I looked at my Google Analytics the other day, it said 53.6% of uh, website visitors, like website directly, certain links Mm. and stuff, they come from Pinterest. And the rest is like social media because people already know the content. Yeah. So, and did did it tell you like what was the what was the total portion of people though that was measuring off like do you know over how many visitors that was? I can't tell you off the top of my head. I would literally have to jump into Google Analytics and check it. I can do that after. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious because that's like that yeah. to me is that's that's outstanding. That's such a yeah. huge portion there. So obviously there you can really only give value on Pinterest, right? It's like it's imagery and it's really heavy there. But tell me a little bit about how you grew Instagram and YouTube. Cause I know for a lot of people, especially now Instagram's like the, like one of the most popular ones, especially mm. for uh, business owners wanting to grow. If we put aside TikTok, cause everyone seems to be jumping over there as well. I do the TikTok a fair bit too. I haven't quite worked it out yet. I'm just having fun. But well, in terms of Instagram, <laughs> so Instagram, I actually was one of the last people, I think, my age that knew what a hashtag was until a few years ago. So I was really late to the Instagram game. I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30. I might not look it, but that is the truth. (laughs) A day over 21, I was going to say. So I was really late to the beauty game on Instagram. And so I actually had a few mentors and I did a few courses myself to help me with that. But I'm very proud to say it's all grown organically. And... Once stories started, Instagram stories, I grew it a lot faster than just having the feed because it is all beauty, you know. Mm. It's like your pretty business card in the start, but the behind the scenes seems what what really gets people interested in your products and your services. And there's a lot of people who have much bigger Instagram accounts than what I have in the same industry. There's people that have 200,000, which is a lot for this industry because mm. it's so niched in another industry, it might not be a big number at all, but 30,000 is really quite high up there in the top 
1% in my industry. And I think it's all just about being consistent, posting every day. We're doing um, a post every day in the feed. I research my hashtags and I make sure that I'm up to date with how Instagram works because it has changed again this year. You should only post like four hashtags now instead of 30, which was like a few years back. You need to alter them all the time. You do your hashtag research. You um, at sign certain people if it fits your kind of content that you're posting. So you mention them. And then we do between four and six stories every day as well. And then there's IGTV, Instagram TV, where we put all of the videos that I record for my YouTube channel and for Facebook as well. And partly for my website blogs and things like that as well. We put that into IGTV. So it's all about reutilizing the content and sharing it across social media Making sure, though, that you know exactly who you're talking to in the particular platform because Instagram works very different to Facebook. TikTok works different to anything else. Everyone's confused about it. And then Pinterest, again, works different to YouTube. You know that you've got to really make sure you know your things. But I believe that you need to be on all, all platforms these days. It's no longer enough to be on one or two. It's not enough anymore. It has grown so, so big, the, the social media, and everyone is on it now. And you need to be really on top of your game and learn how it works. You know, and me saying you need three or four hashtags is not going to teach you how to use Instagram. You just got to be consistent and show up. And then Facebook was obviously the first platform that I grew. Everyone started out with Facebook, I think, and then Instagram kind of was part of it. And YouTube I've had for eight years. I started out with makeup tutorials and hair tutorials. And now I have eyelashes on there um, as well as business tips. So that was a really slow growth over eight years up to 20,000 is not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but I'm able to provide a lot of content and value-based marketing via my YouTube channel, which I really like. And mm. I think because YouTube is such a big component of Facebook, they're going to do everything they can right now to stay on top of their game. So I think everybody needs to be on YouTube whether you are a coach, a consultant, professional services or in beauty, whatever you're doing, YouTube is amazing and Facebook, Instagram in combination because it's obviously one part together now. And for me, for beauty, Pinterest is visual. It works amazingly as well. Mm. Yeah, so, so much I could tell you about social media. <laughs> I'm very passionate about it. I uh, know we can tell and I love it. It's, uh, it's great. And look, I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting as well, you know, like we've been trying to crack YouTube for, probably two years mm. I have so much content on there but it just doesn't grab because mine is various like specific marketing business-based content and it's big pool yeah. yeah it's 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 super hard for me to crack but i'm gonna we're gonna go back again after uh our upcoming event we're gonna jump into it and see what we can do to, to try and bring it back in there so just the ability to do that is is huge and now on, obviously do you think that it helped and did you use at all once you built the facebook group did that kind of you use that to really kickstart those other platforms or were they all done kind of like separately and simultaneously no i started everything off with the community with the facebook group um, I built myself up, up as the expert in there. And from there on, I just said, hey, we just open up Instagram. Come join us there for other content. You know, just make sure that it's a little bit different. I don't share a lot of behind the scenes, for example, in the group. In the group, yep. it's literally just a nice live video where I teach stuff. But behind the scenes, it's all done on Instagram. Obviously, it's shared across a little bit to Facebook stories as well because I'm linking it together. But I try and kind of make the content a little bit different so they see the value in following me on another account as well. 
Mm. Um, a lot of my clients actually say that their Instagram is huge. It's much bigger and it's the main, I guess, income stream for them through Instagram in, in this particular industry, in the beauty industry. But for me, it's still hands down Facebook through the group because it's been built up for so many years now and everybody knows me and it's such a tight tight community and it's not just a big number that you advertise and you get people into the group just because you want to have a big number. It's not about the number. It is about the engagement in there and how people feel they are actually brought up, you know, and how they grow together as a Lash Tribe family. That's yeah. what I want, the family vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So if you would like, let's, let, let's do a little rapid fire question here. So for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, give me one quick tip for each of those that people could take away. Okay. So for Facebook, you need to have a page, but also a group. The page is really only to advertise, right? No one is going to interact much with a page these days that much. And anyway, is all done in groups because it creates this really tight community feel. So I would recommend you definitely open up a group and start advertising and providing a lot of value and run your ads, run your ads through Facebook. And if you don't know how to ask him, uh, you're on that <laughs> side. <laughs> and then we have Instagram. Instagram is all about being pretty on the front end, but then doing a lot of behind the scenes via Instagram stories and your IGTV. So make sure you, have the videos when you're going live, you reutilize all the content and spread across social media. Also make sure that you don't share videos on Instagram that are horizontal. Everything needs to be vertical. Otherwise people don't want to do any reading or whatever. And make sure you caption all your videos too, because I feel like I'm always watching my videos with captions on because I have kids or I'm whatever, doing something where I don't want to disturb other people. So I read things more so than actually listen to them. In a lot of situations, Pinterest, oh, that's a good one. I guess it's all about being really, really consistent with either platform, really. But Pinterest is important that you have visually really pleasing and inviting photos that follow the guidelines as in the kind of format that you need to uh, pin certain things. <laughs> it's a whole different platform. It's very difficult to explain in the one. But being very consistent, making your graphics look very interesting that they already think they're getting a lot of value from just looking at the graphic and then they click the link and then you need to make sure everything ties together so you're not having one thing that says learn how to do great eyelash extensions and then on the other side it says yeah the best business tips like it needs to all fit together which I feel a lot of the time Pinterest pictures lead to websites that have nothing to do with the actual pin it's weird but it happens all the time YouTube is all about being consistent doing at least one video a week and never ever share anything from YouTube to Facebook. It's no point because Facebook doesn't want to show it because <laughs> it's their competition. So I always try and post on Facebook organically. So I will upload a video directly, never share it from the link unless I am replying to a question from a potential student. Uh, I say uh, they might ask, where can I find information on this and this? And I will post the YouTube link of course because they can, can then follow me across i don't know if that was enough tips like i could talk about this for a week that's perfect that's no that's <laughs> and it's good and we always like to try and keep our episodes nice and concise so you've done a great job there so that's amazing <laughs> so now i'll give you my final question i always like to ask everyone which i pinched from someone many years ago which is what's one question that i didn't ask you that i should have 
you probably have to cut out a lot of the stillness because that is a very difficult question. And I didn't think about that earlier, of course. I say so you listen to the podcast and it doesn't matter if you've listened, if you listen. No, to No, I don't think question. about that at all. It's a very hard question. Let me have a think about that over my cup of unicorn yeah, coffee. Unicorn cup. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe where do you see the social media industry going? Beautiful. Where do you see the social media industry going? Because I'm a bit scared of it. And I think that's why I would like to talk about it. And I think Gary Vee has said it as well. If you're not doing everything all the time right now and create content that actually wants to be consumed, you are not going to be able to have success on social media just because it takes now. And I think a few years ago, it was something like seven exposures. You know, the number everyone was throwing out. It takes seven exposures for someone from seeing you until they actually buy from you. Seven pieces of content, value-based marketing. It's now 22 mm. and we're in year 2020. So that's a lot of content people have to consume. So you need to always create content, but not just for the sake of creating content, but so people actually want to watch the videos and consume it. And I think it's going to blow up even more with different social media platforms. I think some will drop back a little bit. I can't really tell you which ones because I'm not like, checking every day on the statistics on how things are going. But I'm a little bit scared for a lot of businesses that haven't jumped onto all the different platforms yet because if they're not doing it now, I think there's not much time left for it to fully blow up. And then trying to get into it, it's going to be too much competition, way too much competition. And I'm a bit worried for those people who are, pretending that they are business coaches, maybe they have never done it before, but just because they have done maybe one Instagram course, now they are the ones wanting to teach it. I'm a bit scared that there's going to be more and more people like that. And you don't really, you can't really differentiate between the real good people that know everything and then those that just want to be a quick business coach. And I think because marketing is very clever these days, it's going to be very difficult for people to differentiate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of, lot of worry behind it, but also a lot of like, get on it now <laughs> well, before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I 100% agree. And that's a very important point. So guys, again, if you're listening, listen to what Julie's just said. Take some action and get on at these platforms. And look, you don't necessarily have to do them all at once, but at least start the, the wheels in motion to jump on on them and start to build, build, build. I can't uh, highly recommend that enough. Now, Julie, obviously we mentioned a few places that people can find you, but where's the best place for people to connect with you uh, on the line? Yeah, so if you are in beauty or whatever, <laughs> go to lashtribe.com.au if you want to have products for lash artists, go to lashtribe.com. But if you want to know more about social media marketing and maybe grow your business the best way in today's social media world, you can go to juliamanofficial.com and you can find Julia Man Official on Facebook and Instagram as well. Beautiful. There you go, guys. So thank you again, Julia, so much for joining us today and taking time. Really appreciate it. Go check Julia out. Everything will be in the show notes wherever you're listening to this as well. And if you do need, if you need a help blowing up your advertising, you can always hit up old Kim over here. You can check me out, www.mogulcall.com. Com. We just set that up yesterday for all of you guys listening to the podcast to jump on and take advantage of. So guys, until next time, y'all have been awesome. Thank you again, Julia, for joining us and we'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya.